Welcome to Riverdale. So, whew, I don't know, it's a lot to take in. Um, Riverdale, welcome to Riverdale. Um, episode, season two, episode two, which is actually chapter 15, uh, Nighthawks, which I think should be retitled as Your Privilege is Showing. This was a pretty good episode. Um, again, another one that I watched and then I sat with it for a while and then I was like, okay, let me, let me, um, let me see what the fuck this is all about. So, pretty much we're on the aftermath of um, last chapter closing, and uh, you know Archie is now the the watcher. You know, watching out for his dad. I thought his mom would have, I guess, been in the show more. I mean, with twenty two episodes, I'm sure she'll be back. But I was thinking that she was going to be a more um, central character. I mean, it's only the second episode, so yeah, she may or may not be. Um, this opens up with Archie not being able to cook, fucking up the kitchen, and trying to cook shit and whatever else. And then the sheriff calls, and the sheriff is treating him like a uh, like an ex that he's trying to get rid of. Because I'm thinking, like, Riverdale is supposedly not that big, but it's, like, growing every episode. I'm thinking this small-ass um, police station with one sheriff and like maybe four officers this um how is Archie getting I don't know your secretary or whatever when he's trying to get in touch with you true enough he's not um on the force so he shouldn't be trying to solve this murder or this attempted murder himself but all that being said I just thought that was so odd that this is supposed to be a small town but it's kind of expanding and now I don't know what Riverdale is supposed to be like I know it's not I'm not familiar with New York geography. Anyone who does know, tweet me, Carefree Blurred, and be like, hey, this is where Riverdale is, or this is the city it's supposed to be, or whatever. Um, use the hashtag WTRPod. That'd be great. <laughs> All right, but no, seriously, I don't know what the hell was going on with Riverdale. It's a small town. It's a big city. It's a big town. It's a small city. I don't know. Um, but we get Veronica and her... Uh, family, you know, her and her Smithers talking about going out the side door, this and that, because her and her dad are bumping heads. I do like the fact that we see Hiram more, and I like that we've seen him. This might be an odd like or whatever, but I'm seeing him in regular clothes, like gym attire, as opposed to this <clears throat> ominous, threatening, suited villain that he was led up to be from the first season and then he appeared to be from the first episode of the second season like seeing him just like one of the regular guys just doing regular stuff that's cool my only issue or my main issue with uh, the lodges is that are they the only damn people who live in this building like i am not from like a certain or a particular tax bracket so if anyone who's listening who you know, has the silver spoon, or oh shit, just aren't familiar with big city living. Let me know what the hell is going on with this building, <clears throat> because we only see Veronica, Hermione, and now Hiram and Smithers. Or spoiler alert, used to see Smithers in this building. Nobody else lives here. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just blows my mind. Um, yes, yeah, so we get all that, and then I'm looking at them 
the main for the gang, Betty, Veronica, Archie, and Jughead, sitting at this table at school, <clears throat> out in the park, and I'm thinking like, okay, y'all banding together, you know, you're gonna go save Pop's Chocolate Shop, and this, this, that, and the third, and I'm thinking like, is there no one else in this city who can do the same goddamn thing? Is there like another group of quirky, angsty teenagers like across the field who have the same thought process that oh we're gonna go and save the chocolate shop like it <laughs> and i get that the show is centering around these people but it's just like man give me more like it just seems so odd and then they just up and left and i'm thinking like ain't you hoes in school right now how in the entire fuck are you just sitting here during school hours talking shit and then just up oh, let me go investigate this attempted murder let me go help save this local business i'm just like man this is very weird and this episode was very weird to me and it it, it kind of took me back because um like all four of the main characters i'm all for the whole show like it's such a good show i feel and what this show has successfully done but no 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 what this show has done and i don't think they un know that they did is that they've turned me against betty and jughead like these motherfuckers are supposedly the good guys because they even say it towards the end of this episode like oh the good guys won but these motherfuckers are horrible they are trash ass people so <clears throat> jughead's dad and i'm just gonna skip around a little bit here jughead's dad of course is in jail and um for some reason everyone seems to think that because he didn't kill Jason, that he is innocent and he should not go to jail. Meanwhile, I'm sitting back on my black-ass bottom, sitting back thinking like, but he definitely disposed of a whole dead person's body. And, like, it, it was... This is where I say your privilege is showing, because Jerky is all upset. You know, he meets with his dad and the lawyer in the cell. They're talking about, you know, here, take 20 years. If this go to trial, it could be 40 years or whatever. And Jerky is like, you know, how many years? Horrible acting. I don't, I'm starting to feel like he's not a good actor or not in this role. All that aside, your father may not have pulled the trigger that killed this man, killed this boy. But your dad took the body. He cleaned up the blood. You know, you mess like, and they ran down the list of shit that he did wrong. And I'm thinking, like, you think because he didn't end this boy's life that he's not complicit in what's going on? Like, FP is not a victim here. I mean, he was being kind of sort of blackmailed by um, Clifford. You know, you know, if you don't take the rap for this, I'll kill your son. That that part I get, but. That didn't happen until he was already arrested. That didn't happen until he was already in custody. So my thing is, he's he's done shit. So why are people acting as if FP is this innocent bystander who had nothing to do with this or had a gun to his head? Like, nigga, this is the life you chose. You got to deal with that. I don't know. That That's just me. But <clears throat> so um, we have Archie having a nervous breakdown, uh, dealing with whatever issues he got going on with his father being um, shot at. And I get that. And I'm not taking anything away from it. And it's, I'm starting to not really like Archie. Like, I mean, I wasn't a fan. I didn't watch the show for him. Um, past him and Grundy's little escapade or whatever. But I still enjoyed him as a character at times. But now I'm just like, oh, you are odd. And I don't know if it's the actor's choices or the way in which he's delivering, you know, his lines and everything. But he is the least interesting person on this show to me even with all his demons he's fighting it's just like mm, 
you're weird, you know, and he, I don't know, but his, the issue with his father is making me like Fred Andrews more than I'm liking Archie, which is odd, because I didn't really give a damn about him last season, um, but after the little dream sequence facing death that he dealt with, and then moving on to this episode, and just watching him kind of recover and be there for his son, and, you know, it's just, I, I'm liking him more, I guess, the more silent he is, um, quick shout out to Archie and his ugly drawings like at the police station when him and Jughead went because this is before Jughead of course was going to meet with the lawyer he had these flyers and it's like have you seen me or do you know this man and it was a hooded guy the same you know picture of the hooded guy who came in to shoot Fred and I'm thinking we all know Fred been shot this did it the word got out around town it to me kind of seems pointless to put the flyers up I get being busy and feeling like you're doing something and helping and contributing but it seemed kind of protect, like the time you spent making those flyers could have went somewhere else if you're just gonna do your detective sleuthy thing um and so he went to talk to the sheriff killer and he's like look little nigga we doing what the fuck we gotta do he's like oh you know how's your dad he'd be better if you find the guy that shot at him well there's a lot of people in this town who would be better if we find people that did x y and z crimes are happening pops would probably be better if we found out the motherfucker that came in and fucked up his shop like mm, i don't know and again it's like okay you i don't know this i don't have that lived in experience of being a cishead white man so i don't know what's going on in his head but i'm thinking like nigga do something else like occupy your time with something else because you're getting in the way and it was so surprising to me that nobody was like motherfucker take your ass home we're the police we're the adults we're doing what we need to do and when we get a little bit of information we'll let you motherfuckers know but it was just like that wasn't the case so i don't know i don't have that relationship with law enforcement and whatever if you do tweet me carefree blurred and let me know <laughs> if how realistic these scenes were with archie and sheriff keller but keep sheriff keller in mind as I go through this episode, because I have something I want to circle back to, for those of you listening along at home, um, so, we get Betty assembling the Avengers yet again, <laughs> and, uh, Veronica rushing over to, uh, to, to Orange Head, motherfucker, and she's like, oh, Betty saw that you haven't been sleeping in your bedroom since your father was shot at. Mm, first of all, slow down, Betty. <laughs> Get out of my bedroom. And secondly, it doesn't matter. But I will say I'm very excited um, over the idea that um, therapy, uh, mental health has been um, kind of addressed in this show. You know, for those of you listening at home who or following at home who listened to my insecure review that was like a big thing that i enjoyed seeing molly go to a therapist or a psychologist or whoever the lady was i think she was a therapist but just to get you know a little checkup on your mental health like talk to somebody a professional and uh that she brought that up it's because i feel like this show is of course targeted towards younger viewers getting that idea kind of planted in your head even off of a fictional wacky ass show Who's to say that it doesn't seep in as somebody who may be dealing with some things now, maybe a year or two from now, they might have that flashback of, oh, you know, I was on a TV show, this is an option, let me, whatever. So I do like that aspect of the show, and they're not playing around with it, they're not joking. I feel like um, the guy who's playing Archie is, is doing a decent job at getting his um, angst and stresses across. Um, I'm just not 100% happy at his acting but I get what they're doing, and I think he's doing a pretty good job. Moving on from all that jazz, um, this is where I say another moment in which your privilege is showing. 
uh, Betty decides, you know, I'm going to take up my next lost cause is um, Pop's Chocolate Shop. And she says, oh, I'm going to champion it. And I'm thinking like, okay, motherfucker, somebody just spray painted Deaf Diner on the side of your um, your diner. And now people aren't showing up. Like, I get... I, and it's so weird because I keep having to say like I get it after all of these things but it's like take your ass out there with a power washer wash off the side of your damn diner and keep it moving like people are either going to come or they're not and uh, so of course Pops is selling because he gets an anonymous buyer to you know come through and say hey I want to buy your shop take this shit off your hands going back to Jughead and Betty who goes to see the mayor they're going to see the mayor I was happy when they said mayor because I'm like oh black woman mayor givens mayor robin givens uh it's going to show up on screen and she did a phenomenal job she walked out like hey i'm only on here <laughs> i was only in the last season for like two episodes but i'm gonna make this shit work and every time i see her i think of that law um that law firm show she was on i think it was called sparks i'll look it up while i'm recording this um it was back in the 90s damn good show might not have been a damn good show but i was a kid up watching <laughs> at night and i thought it was good um yeah so she uh she sparks is an american sitcom yep aired on upn from august 26 1996 to march 2nd 1998 the series stars were james avery robin Gibbons, terrence howard miguel a nunez jr yeah i remember terrence okay so we'll get Maybe an episode on that later. All that being said, she walked out. They're like, oh, hey, Mayor Givens, Mayor Robin Givens, um, I remember you from Sparks. Um, do you think you could help with my dad? And so this is where I say your privilege is showing because Jughead is kind of throwing his weight around. Like, first of all, you in this woman's space. She doing her damn job. She's trying to walk from her office, one side of the set, up the stairs, which I don't know why they got this big-ass building in Riverdale anyways. Ain't nobody conducting business there. But he's like, oh, I know you got some pool with whoever the fuck he said. And, you know, can you give my dad a lesser sentence or whatever? And I'm thinking, like, nigga, you have the gall to come to the mayor and tell her what she needs to do for your father who is a criminal there's again this like when you see those people who have these t-shirts free my nigga so-and-so free this and that free ho and ho whatever but said person is not locked up because they were just racially profiled or something it's because oh yeah he he slaughtered a woman and her three kids or he uh threw that man in front of a bus just something extreme no don't free so-and-so because this is where they belong um so again getting back to jughead and fp it's like you have the nerve to step to the mayor's office and to corner her and essentially demand that she gets your father off for something that he did not do he's not being tried for killing jason blossom we know that clifford did that that is not why he's in jail it's like are we glossing over the fact that this man took the dead body cleaned up the crime scene and hid this motherfucker like what don't i don't know it's like they're doing backflips or these amazing gymnastics in order to get you from point a to point b when it's clear this nigga might not have killed him but he very much had something to do with that body being like i just i don't know i just don't get it and i don't understand how the i I don't know just because you didn't pull the trigger don't mean you're not guilty bruh so whatever um then he gets uh up in arms about they're mad because she won't make pop's chocolate shop a um what is it a a uh 
a national landmark or some shit or make Pops Day or something. And she's like, motherfucker, now. And I think it's a legitimate concern. What she said was, okay, if I go ahead and do that, what happens when he gets robbed or shot at again? What does that do to me? That taints my image. First of all, she is a black woman in this all-white town. And she addressed this last season when it came to the... um centennial festival or whatever the fuck that shit was where grundy met fred and uh archie bogarted his way on stage and sang the song with the pussycat dolls she was saying i'm i'm in this town all these damn white people it's me i'm a black woman i've made it to be the mayor she did everything but step aside and say look around at the whole cast there's only four black people motherfucker and i'm one of them and i'm just like what do you expect from her even if we're going to take this as being a real true life documentary, what is the mayor supposed to do? I mean, I'm sure there are things that could be done, but like she said, you gotta, is this the hill that you want to die on? And if so, nigga, don't come at the mayor like you got some, I don't know. I just, that whole scene was just like, you better remember this day because this is the day when you failed two of your residents. Mm, okay, girl. That's fine. Now take that shit back over to the south side and sit on it and deal with that. So what does he do? He go to the south side and he sit on it and deal with that. Because <laughs> he calls in a favor from his south side brothers. And he's like, oh, what if we, you know, the system failed my dad. What if we, you know, just broke him out before they, uh, before they sent him away? Because, you know, the police office here is just, they have less security than high school. And we could send him up to Canada. Brother, are you a stand-in for the stereotypical black man are you experiencing the plight of the black man how the system did you wrong <sighs> okay nigga jughead you'll be okay you know and your dad 20 to 40 years whatever so they send him to a lawyer what's her name penny fuck what was her name it was something odd something very archy like penny peabody <laughs> and she tells him well you know if you can get the victim's family to kind of vouch for or forgive your dad that'll make him look good so you're like all right he's like okay what do i gotta pay you she's sitting this again it's like damn you a dumbass kid she says no i did you a favor maybe one day you do me a favor nigga she's a serpent like <laughs> and they're making the south side serpents to be like this bad gang but i don't I have conflicted feelings about all of these people in this show because they feel like it's not translating well. It's just a bunch of brute and grungy looking white people in these. It's like a motorcycle club. That's what it looks like. And I'm like, mm. I mean, yeah, that imagery is like dangerous in real life, but like you're not coming off as if you're doing anything. Like you beat up a guy in FP's trailer, and that was bad, but it's. I don't know, I'm just not, I feel like something isn't connecting for me. Now, if I'm wrong, you think I'm wrong, you think, um, no, this is damn good, they're doing a great job, then let me know. Tweet me, Carefree Blurred, uh, WTR Pod. So, we get, um, Betty and, um, Jughead going to Cheryl's, and I fucking love me some Cheryl. Like, I don't know. Cheryl is killing it this season. It's only the second episode. And then when I sit back and look at it, I'm like, okay, this is the second episode. There are 20 more to go. We've jam-packed a lot of shit in two episodes. What is going to follow? We have to get some flashbacks. Because there's no way we got 22 episodes of all this consistent, stressful-ass, high-intensity-ass present-day drama. We got to get some of the background from back in the day. Like, that's... we just have to 20 more episodes so they show up at um the new 
Thornberry or whatever because of course the Blossom Manor has been burned to the ground. Thank you, Cheryl. And um I love that her mom is like in this high end nice looking shit, but her face is burnt. Her head is still wrapped in gauze and Cheryl's just like Ah and they made the um like a poison ivy reference and that was cool but um and I don't know which I doubt I don't know. I'm not gonna doubt it. There is a um Betty and Veronica team up book with Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn so I don't know if it was a reference to that or if it was just she's a redhead pale white woman with like vines and ivy all over the place so but they get in and this is another thing where I'm like why do you think you're the good guys so they go in Jughead and Betty sit down for dinner or tea or whatever with the Blossoms the surviving Blossoms and they're asking Cheryl to vouch for FP and she's like no nigga I'm not this motherfucker is part of the reason why I don't have my brother here yes and again like I just said he may not have pulled the trigger but he very much is very heavily weaved into this narrative that has or this um this um horrible traumatic event she said I just want closure in my life and I feel like that's a very honest answer and that's a very a very legitimate answer why in the entire fuck would i want to say oh the man who um took my dead brother's body and cleaned up the crime scene and hid the body away while the entire town was looking for him oh i forgive him and you know bygones be bygones the show wants you to think cheryl is the bad guy and betty and jughead are the good guys for asking this innocent little favor it's not fucking innocent like that's so weird and Betty's like well don't you want to put this behind you you know he didn't do anything no he did a lot of shit like I don't get why they're trying to gloss over the fact that he did all this other evil shit that is associated directly with the dead body of her brother I don't get that so I don't know um Mama Blossom says something crazy and I hollered I laughed out loud moving forward a little bit more we get Archie and my fan favorite of this episode I'm calling it right now Reggie we have a new Reggie a new Asian guy and this motherfucker is everything that he is to Reggie what this Veronica should be to the Veronica in the comics he is one uh, a bully he's an asshole he is um, a drug dealer um uh, second but kind of first to that he's Asian and he's a very attractive alpha male type Asian and I feel like that's very important because again when you look at how people are depicted over you know cinematic history let's just take the last 50 years you don't get too many leading roles or too many roles with Asian men and women where they are well men rather where they are strong dominant um, attractive sex appeal you get this nerdy geek look at 16 candles you know that's a nostalgic movie but the Asian character in there he was very much comic relief and so for me seeing him I'm like okay this motherfucker suave as hell he you know he's selling the drugs and shit I ain't really you know too keen on that but he's playing his part and he's doing it well and I don't know if he's gonna eventually be someone you love to hate or you're rooting for or you absolutely hate but no matter what I'm happy to see him and I'm happy to see him in this role and to do do it justice because looking at the first season Reggie and looking at this Reggie they're two complete like the first season Reggie was was good it was good to see Reggie as an Asian guy he I think he did you know well with what they gave him to work with because he wasn't in the show much 
but this agent agent this reggie being Asian, I, I love it, and I'm looking for more of Reggie this season because that motherfucker was fly as hell. He was, he was smooth. Um, then we met Mitch for the first time. Mitch, who is Moose's girlfriend, um, Moose, who had the DL love affair with Kevin Keller in the first season, like the first episode. And Mitch walked out looking like she stepped off of Twilight's um, uh, 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 screening or whatever as Alice, who was, you know, egging my favorite vampire on, on Twilight. But um, Mitch, I'm like, okay, we finally see Mitch. Keep that in mind as well. So um, she's like, yeah, we need some jingle jangle, me and Moose, because we're going to get busy tonight and such and such. And I like that they're going with this jingle jangle. Like, they're not going to say meth. They're not going to say marijuana. They're not going to say, you know, Molly Percocet. Um, they're saying jingle jangle, and they're sticking with it. So, again, anybody out there under the sound of my voice got a little bit of jingle jangle, uh, which, a.k.a. is just pixie sticks. <laughs> like, I was looking at that shit like, that's candy. But I like that it's so dark brooding and serious but then you get this weird ass quirky little look fucking name jingle jangle and it is this hard drug i love it. <laughs> like it's so weird so um yeah we go to, to archie and reggie doing a little back and forth and reggie's like no i just like oh you got something that can keep me up because you know i'm gonna um protect my dad and i'm gonna um sit on a milk crate with a bat and um i'm going to um not ever go to sleep and okay so he's like yeah i got something for you and he's like i got something in it to keep you up and then he made the motion like it'll keep your dick hard too and i'm just like damn this reggie is cool as fuck like let me be your friend let's uh go sell jingle jangle at river high i don't know so um getting back to archie being at the police station a call comes in that <coughs> excuse me of course in Greendale or Greenville the city that that's across Sweetwater River or Sweetwater Lake or whatever there was a murder and so you know um Cheryl's like okay 10-4 whatever um keep that in mind as well so of course we know that's Grundy she didn't been murdered in the last episode and we get to um Mr. Weatherby with his black ass just looking angry as hell <laughs> like he stepped off of school days uh <laughs> after they got done wrapping up shooting he's like um hey guys you know that uh that teacher that used to work here well um she was murdered and i was thinking like that's such a maybe not i'm not in the um education field i i think this just well they are high school students but it just seemed like an odd thing to kind of put out there when she once she doesn't work here anymore um we haven't heard from her in months um i feel like I don't know. That was odd. And then it seemed like it was odd that it was just like in that one classroom. Like if you're going to make an announcement like that, maybe have an assembly and then add more to it. Like, you know, there is crime going on. Be safe. Stay in pairs. You know, she was murdered. X, Y, and Z. But it just, the whole scene was weird to me. And Archie gets to crying and running out and, oh man, who cares? But I, um, there was another moment. Oh, so, with the Vixens, uh, Betty wants to use them to for Retro Day at Pop's Chocolate Shop to help bring in more business or whatever. And she's like, oh, well, she goes to Cheryl, who's in, like, this Victoria's Secret lingerie just in the middle of the locker room putting makeup on. So odd. She walks up there and is like, well, you know, I want to um, help out my boyfriend, and I want to help out Pop's Shop, and you're going to you're gonna help me. And she's like, oh, okay, girl, what do you want? 
Betty goes, and again, this is why I'm like, how do you think that she is the good guy? She tells Cheryl, well, if you don't lie for my uh, boyfriend's dad who helped with getting disposing of your twin brother's body, dead body, um, I'm going to release the tape of your dad killing your brother. And if you want closure, you're not going to get it from that. And it's going to go viral. And I'm thinking like, again, this is not a good guy. This is not the one you root for like no matter what your feelings are about cheryl who in the fuck made you god because you like that's i don't know that's that really has tainted the way i see this whole i mean it already was tainted from when she uh fucked over uh black dude what's his name chip sky some shit when she became dark betty with the wig on and shit in the pool but adding this to that I'm like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> like are you serious her father murdering her brother and you're gonna put that online like and, and don't hit me with the oh she was just bluffing so says, no something is fucking wrong with Betty she still hasn't been checked off her shit and her privilege like as of all the shit that went on last season and stuff that's going on now and everyone can call out oh Cheryl is so crazy and all these people have problems Betty there's something wrong with her that's not being addressed and she's going to eventually blow up unless they just write it off and try to act like she's just doing all these great things because her mom even called her out about it she was like all right bitch look um because her and Archie wanted the mom to pay her little friend, a mortician or more guy, to find out how Grundy died. And she's like, which one of these hills are you going to die on? You are the, what she said, the patron saint of lost causes. Betty, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? So she um, blackmails the girl, and then, of course, she was like, oh, you got spunk and such and such. Oh, I like that about you and whatever. Um, I still don't think that that was the way in which Cheryl should have responded but I mean I get it so of course she gets up and she lies to save this motherfucker's neck and the um, judge was like well I don't think that that is enough reason to dismiss this case or drop the charges or whatever she's like well I heard daddy threatening him he said he was going to kill Jughead clearly she's lying but I'm thinking like he's like okay well we'll we'll get back and we'll revisit this hearing later so I'm thinking like is this nigga free is he gonna sit in jail until you decide that he's not gonna go to jail like the whole it was just all fucked up moving forward a little further so we can get to the point where I'm like okay this motherfucker um your privilege is showing Betty has this retro night and she takes all the vixens and they're on roller skates it looked like Sonic and her mom comes to support her, so she said, she said, I'm going to write me an obituary piece about Pop's chocolate shop. Then, Josie rushes her ass in, which, take a step back, Josie is now a vixen, and she tells Cheryl she's going to do X, Y, and Z as long as she's in front, and I'm here for it. I don't see how Josie and Cheryl are actually friends, but I'm going to go with it because they're my two faves. So, Josie walks in, and she's like, bitch, you on social media talking about we're going to do this, uh, this, um, free concert at Pops and she's like well this is Betty I knew you wouldn't have did it if I asked you she's like yeah my mama would kill me bitch she said she don't want no parts in this shit she's like well but I just needed you here again bitch your privilege is showing you're using this black woman's body and her talent to further your cause and you had no permission from her and the way that they wrote her as Josie like oh okay well I'm already here she's like oh you love their milkshakes bitch a milkshake ain't shit 
her mama is the mayor and her mama is her mama so it's just like what the fuck is wrong with you you think that was okay and, uh, and the fact that they wrote Josie just agreeing with that shit I'm like no, then Josie says some line about we can't even perform because Valerie is in here she has a neurovirus and then they like glanced over that I'm like what the fuck is wrong with her like it, you <sighs> um homegirl uh cheryl's like okay well i'll do it you know um it's you're just doing a cover of a song so i can get up there and it's just like why are y'all acting like nobody's taking these women seriously and i don't understand that like i don't how do you that i digress this episode just showed me that the writer's room is all fucked up and these motherfuckers are cannot need to check their motherfucking privilege like this oh they're not the good guys. You know, like, oh, the good guys won. No, you motherfuckers are not the good guys. You are some shit-starting ass, can't leave shit alone, check your privilege because you have nothing else to do as motherfuckers. And shit, this is probably the episode I didn't cuss the most so, <laughs> out of all of my recordings, but it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Y'all are all fucked up in the head. And this, I don't feel like it's even intentional. Because, again, they're writing this as if Betty and Jughead are the good guys when you're not you're not the you're not good. You're doing fucked up shit and you're saying fucked up shit and you're all so that you can make yourselves happy. Okay, so who also was like a fan favorite of mine was um, Mama Cooper, Mommy Dearest. Cause this motherfucker she told Betty, she's like, Okay, you saved the shop, yeah, but you got Hiram in here. She said, Who is um the Scarface of Riverdale. You got drugs being sold in this motherfucker. She said, if you think that he didn't gave this money up to Pop Shop because he bought Pop Shop, um, if you think that he gave it up just out of the kindness of his heart, motherfucker, you crazy. And she's like, then the Southside Serpents, you've given them more territory in Riverdale. They're no longer just in the Southside. So congratulations, Betty. You've just brought crime to Riverdale. And as much as I want to be against her, I'm all for everything she's saying, and it's like, just like I was last season, people want to get on Mommy Dears, like, oh, she's so crazy, and this and that, everything she's done has been out of the love for her children, and for her family, even the fucked up shit she's done, like, she's, for me, she's one of the most real characters, where you could take her character, and everything she said and done, and move her out of the Riverdale show, and put her into another show, and it would make sense, and she would be just a regular person, a lot of these people, they don't translate well, um, like Pops, his acting is off too. He sounds weird, but um, I just—it's just I don't know—it's all fucked up. Then they get home, the lodges, and find out that Smithers has been replaced with this tall, um, Latin guy, or he might be white—I don't know—but he's a younger version. Um, he's a younger guy. He's the doorman, and after Veronica made it with her family, she's like, oh, you know, we can try, and we can try to start over and such and such, and it's like, bitch, you don't see your family crazy, which when, I didn't even touch on her, where the letter that her father wrote her um, last season, talking about, if you don't testify for me, your mama gonna go down too, she showed her mama thinking that's gonna make her flinch, her mommy was like, bitch, I wrote this letter, which I knew she didn't, that hoe was lying, all that being said, I don't like what I've seen of Hermione so far because I feel like she's taking the back seat to Hiram but I also feel like that's kind of a good thing just to kind of get him kind of let him make his mark on the audience on the viewers for a couple episodes and then like work her back in because I don't want it to be I don't want her to be silent I don't want her to be just you know refrigerated like she's just the woman that's there but I feel like she's saying things 
and she's contributing but not as much as she used to and I'm hoping it's just to flesh out Hiram a little more and then bring her right back in because if they're the villains at this point Riverdale is just a a series of a bunch of villains and you just choose who you have the most in common with because Betty and Jughead are villains of this series Um, Cheryl is a victim and the only pain that she's inflicting is on her mother and even that is like well that's in that family and that's with good reason and not to say you need to hurt your parents because that's of course not what I'm saying but it's just it's within that family and the shit that went on it's she's asserting her dominance out of a, a, a fucking bloodline of people who did not think nothing of her so I'm fine with that you know I am the reason you eat I am the reason you breathe all that shit she said last episode yeah I'm all for it um yeah, so that's that. I'm, I'm going to end that there. Psych! So the final... <laughs> the final scene where we get the hooded man lighting these motherfuckers up. He go up to a car and he just let off some rounds. And who is it? It's Midge and it's Moose. And I'm thinking like, damn, we just met Midge. Like, she is shot up. Now, they may not be dead. Because just because he shot into the car and there was blood everywhere, they might not be dead. So I, 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 I kind of was like, oh, shit, he killed them. We just met her. But then I'm like, mm, maybe not. And again, like I said, I'm deliberately not looking at the IMBD. I don't want to see so-and-so who plays Midge in four episodes. Because then that'll ruin it for me and I'll know that she's not dead. I want to take this every week just week by week and look at it and see what happens but you know I'm like shit if she's dead then damn that's a waste of a character you just introduced this motherfucker cause there's so much we can get into with her and Moose you know and then I was thinking like they were taking that jingle jangle them pixie sticks when they started fucking and then they got shot up now maybe I'm thinking too deep into this but did Moose need to take them drugs in order to sexually like be able to perform with his girlfriend because we know he was sleeping around with Kevin in the first season I don't know if they thought that deep with it but I was like okay maybe there's something there then they end up getting shot so hell we may never know (laughs) or we might find out this next episode so I'm looking forward to that um so the hooded man who's around just fucking shit up for everybody um before getting into him I'm going to go into um favorite character by default everybody black mainly Josie this episode but it's a three way tie between Cheryl, Reggie and Mommy Dearest I'm going to go with Reggie because again he was the standout character for me in this episode new agent Reggie um, which it should just be Reggie but it is a point of note that he's an Asian character I loved him my favorite scenes were his scenes period combine them all together that's my favorite scene if I had to choose one out of the scenes he was in it would be him and Archie when um, he showed up in the hood or the ski mask that they keep saying is the hood but it's a ski mask at uh, Archie's back door and Archie tackles him and he pulls the hood I'm like nigga it's me what are you doing he's like oh what would you do that you know this man shot my dad he's like man if I was the hooded man what would you have done you can't bring a bat to a gunfight and it's like yeah he's also making a whole lot of sense so Reggie and all of his scenes now who I think shot Fred Andrews let's see I wrote a list and I lost it okay Hiram um at first I wasn't going to go with him but when him and Veronica were talking in the diner and he was like um no when when she um confronted him at dinner he was like why would I um 
no, I didn't do it or some shit. And why would I go after Fred? And then at the diner at the end after they made up and we thought that he just gave a sizable donation, which I knew he didn't. He turns to uh, Hermione. He's like, you know, um, she was like, oh, I didn't know we were in a bit the charity business. He's like, we're not. As of five minutes ago, I own this motherfucking diner with the um, what do you say with the not exception, but um, with the stipulation that Pops is going to be acting manager. He doesn't say anything. So I'm like, okay, nigga, you didn't flip the script. You didn't lie to your daughter and to us. So I'm thinking now Hiram's back on the table. Um, of course, the black hooded guy, but, you know, I don't know who he is. And I'm going to say Sheriff Keller. And this is um, my two and three, black hood and Sheriff Keller. And I say that because there's a character in um, Archie Comics called the black hood who... <sighs> I don't know much about him. I was doing a little bit of research and I downloaded this Archie Comics app. It's like the Marvel Comics app, like Comicsology and stuff. And there are these books. I was like, who the fuck is this right here? The Black Hood. And I'm I'm on there now and I looked at the Black Hood Volume One, The Bullet's Kiss. And this Black Hood cover looks exactly like the green eyed guy who shot Fred. So I'm thinking, okay, now let me find out a little bit more about this Black Hood. Now what I'm seeing through the little bit of research that I did is the Black Hood in this incarnation, the most recent one, the Bullet's Kiss, is an officer, Greg Hedinger. He's a Philadelphia cop who first appeared in Black Hood Volume 4. Um, he's seen interviewing in a gunfight, excuse me, intervening in a gunfight, but takes a shotgun blast to the face. He's able to fire off one final shot before he loses consciousness. When he wakes, he finds out that he shot and killed, I think, the original Black Hood. And he's an officer. I don't know, just something about when I was reading through the Black Hood mythos or whatever, I was like, what if Sheriff Keller is the um, the the killer, like, because you got to think about it, the people he's shooting. Okay, he shot Fred. Um, so let's put him to the side. Grundy, you know, she's a deviant. She was, you know, messing with the the high schoolers, and so she's gone. And then, um, homegirl Midge and Moose, like, very classic horror, nineteen sixties or fifties, like, out on the lake making out kid shit, like they were doing drugs. Um. So maybe he's like this vigilante who, I don't know what Fred did, but he did something. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I may be grasping at straws. And this is also something that I saw online, like, um, some other guy, and I'm so mad I didn't find the, 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 the social media tags, but there was a conversation going on about, okay, maybe it's him. And it could be just grasping at straws, but shit, I'm throwing his hat in the race too. Cause it's like, you know, who, who is the least likely character, but who would, fit you know who knows all this shit additionally i guess my extra question is who is the black hood and um hell i say sheriff keller and i'll still say grundy's ex um i still i still want to say grundy's ex because shit he's he was mentioned you know, she just took this whole dead woman's identity and made it her own. And yes, Miss Grundy, knew Miss Grundy was doing some deviant shit. And, you know, she was dead behind it. But the stuff she said about her ex-husband or ex-lover or whatever, I feel like was genuine. Um, so we'll say Sheriff uh, Grundy's ex. And who else could be the Black Hood? Um, 
Maybe even Betty's dad. No, because that motherfucker chunky. I don't know. So this is what we're going to do. <laughs> um, listening to this, of course, use the hashtag WCRPod. I want you all to let me know, one, who you think shot Fred Andrews. Because this has got to be the same motherfucker that killed Grundy and that lit up Midge and Moose. Um, give me your first, second, third choice or whatever. And also, who is the Black Hood? Who do you think the Black Hood is? With all the information we have so far, do you also think it could be the sheriff? Do you think it's Grundy's ex? Like, what do, who do you think it is? Because, um, shit, I'm thinking that now that I say it out loud, the shit that Grundy said she was doing, running away from him, he may not have been a bad person. He might have just found out the shit she was doing and she had to disappear and he found her and it's like cleaning house so i mean that could even be an option i didn't even think of that until just now so i don't know y'all just tweet me carefree blurred instagram carefree black nerd email carefree black nerd at gmail.com but as always use the welcome to riverdale hashtag wtr pod um shit i don't know shit is getting good y'all so um i don't know stay carefree stay out of riverdale and stay out of black hoods i guess (laughs) all right y'all